Hello and welcome to another episode of Needing Not Standing. It's episode two. I'm joined by Declan Garrity, one of my good friends. I suppose since I started Irish Football Fan TV and I had Richie Coyley on last week and um, I got to know him through the channel and then I got to know you through the channel as well. We've become good friends at that time. We've had our ups and downs. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks for coming on and uh, looking forward to hearing your story. I wouldn't say good friends, but I'd say friends, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only missing. Yeah, I'm looking forward and glad to be on. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I know Richard did a great one last week, so hopefully it lives up to the expectations. Yeah, well, hopefully. So we know you got a, a, you have a fight coming up now in November <clears throat> 13th in the in Newcastle. Who's the opponent? Kieran Gettin, Welsh champion. Uh, good lad, good, strong, tough Welsh fella come forward. Uh, fighting for the WBC international belt. A good ranking title. So uh, I'm looking forward to it, yeah, looking forward to it. No, I suppose just uh, what we normally do, well, the way I'm kind of looking at these podcasts is to just get people's stories, so bringing it right back to the beginning, to where you are now in terms of yeah. boxing and stuff like that, but just for <coughs> from growing up and stuff like that. Yeah, well, I'm originally from Charmontree Flats now, that I knocked down the last probably four or five years now, but that's where I'm originally from, it's just off the Portobello or Hardcore Street, so it's town, but south side town. Uh, and where I'm from, uh, I was only thinking about this. I was thinking about the last while about growing up and the kids these days, how mad it is, like that the way they're coming up with so much violence, drugs, the whole lot. But then I was actually thinking about my own one. I was only speaking to my friend the other day about it. <clears throat> and saying about, for us growing up, it was like, now this is when we're kids, I'm talking about like five, six, seven years of age. What we used to do, we wouldn't have, we'd had a community centre in the flats, but there wasn't a whole lot going on. What would go down would be, uh, we would would have stone at the start there would be stone fights with each other we'd, we'd throw stones off each other and try to hit each other with stones which is a bit mad to think about nowadays but that's what we used to do for fun stone wars and then i went from <clears throat> stone wars to probably getting made to fight in the flats with each other like i've talked about me in, in a documentary uh fighter 365 did about with me it was about i would have been putting like a cardboard box on one foot in and the other fellow would have one foot in and we'd end up fighting with each other but well, you wouldn't think nothing of it now, but when you think about it now, you think that's fucking madness. But back then, it was just the normal was. And then I went from, th this is probably really weird, was uh, we used to, where, where, where I'm from, it's just there's two lanes to get into, the, at Richmond Street to get into the flats. <clears throat> and we'd stand at the lanes and get a tray of eggs. We used to buy 20 dozen eggs and stand there and start throwing my people going, boy. Like, that was our fun, and, like, there was no bad malice, but it's bad. It's really bad when you think about it now, but back then there was no bad malice. So we used to throw stones at buses, cars, people, anything and everything, and just just to get a chase off them. So we had nothing to do, so it was, like, we throw it off, off someone, hopefully that someone's going to chase us and run down the lane and get a giggle out of it. So that was really the norm growing up, and then I went from, uh, I went from that to... Uh, we used to go out on the on the on the roads and rob people's hats. They'd go by and we'd snatch a hat and run them down the road just to get chased. So this is what we're doing to just get amusement out with ourselves. So now, how, how, what age are you at this stage? Like I'm talking about eight, nine years of age, ten maybe. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and I personally don't think it was a bad kid growing up. But like everyone in my neighbourhood would have known me and still say, ah, Declan was a nice young lad. But back then, like if you're looking back what you did, you're like, fuck me, how did you get away with that? So we used to rob uh, rob people's hats and get chased, and then I went from we 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 lived beside a canal. And we so we used to we call it scutting. We used to go up to the canal and uh, 
trucks ago boy and when he stopped the lights we'd jump on the back of it and get get a lift off him to wherever he went and we'd see how far we'd get away until we get caught and uh, like you go down the Balls Bridge back then like it's only like a, a five ten minutes drive down but you're on the back of there and going out for ten minutes you thought you're you were the coolest coolest kid about you know what I mean this is what we used to do for entertainment and then we would ring a for for brigade, ring a for brigade. We used to go over to the f- phone box. Now you don't really see many phone boxes built now because everyone has phones and whatnot now. But we used to go to the fo- phone box and ring up and say, "Does it does a does a four in the flats kings come in for the four brigade to come in to get back get a scut on the back of that?" But then after a while, they kind of caught on. They had the four brigade would be on the back leaving. <clears throat> but this was the regular corns growing up, so it was, pre- it was pretty mad, you know what I mean? And then it went from a uh, them little things to turn into a. Uh, we would, uh, then people, in fairness, I had boxing at the time, so I wasn't really, didn't go down that road too much. But a lot of my friends would have, we used to go out on, on the roads and they used to snatch phones on the push bike, snatch someone's phone and go, go down the lanes. I was more for the, of entertainment than anything else, just trying to get chases and nothing to do with, nothing to do on the flats, you know what I mean? All we had was a football pitch and that was it, so there was no, uh, no guidance and a lot of people didn't have a mother and father about, they, they had one or the other. So we'd, we'd fall down the, the things of, you could see how lads now, a lot of my friends have been locked up and you can see how they happened because of this is the way they followed. But then it would come down to, this was probably a bit of a funny thing, would, uh, we would ring a Domino's Pizza to come in. And we, like I said, we live in flats, so there's tr- three stories. But our flats, you could, there, was, there wasn't like a front and back entrance. You could run through one block straight to the other, straight to the other. There was like, I think it was five or six blocks in all in. You get, get through, you get through the flats pretty handy. So what you would do was we'd ring a Domino's Pizza and uh, we'd ring two Domino's Pizza knowing that the delivery driver was going to order two of them and we'd order one up to one house so we'd leave the other pizza in the box when he was delivering the first one and we'd rob the pizza. So that's what we used to do. We used to rob, uh, we used to rob Domino's Pizza it's a, an awful lot at the start. They, they were the kind of, at the time, the innocent stuff besides the phones, they were innocent but then it got a bit more malice in the sense of... Uh, after robbing the pizzas, we <laughs> we used to rob the mopeds. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Well, like, what used to happen from that? Like, does the guards? Involved? Yeah, the guards would come. But uh, I'll get to it now. At, okay. at the time, the phones, the guards would have been called, but all the other stuff there was no guards called. You know, what I mean, F- hats and all that they wouldn't yeah, get involved. Yeah. More the, maybe the phones, the crack and just getting a chase. You know what I mean? But then the phones coming involved, the police would be. Like I said, there was a lot of ways in and out of the flats, so the police could never catch you. But then, so we used to we used to rob the pizza to start, and I always remember there was there was a woman and there was a woman in the flats, and she was a bit of an alcoholic, and she used to let us go in and out of in and out of her uh, flat all the time. And she lived on the bottom floor. Was that like your safe house? And no, we used to ring the Domino's to come there, and the Domino's man would say, "So much money, say no worries, I'm just gonna go inside and uh, get the money and close the door, and then just jump out the back garden into the football pitch and just eat it in the black book." And that was just the norm, you know what I mean? Like that's what we used to do. But then I came into robbing the robbing the bikes and we used to rob the mopeds we did as and you know looking back it's fucking absolutely terrible it is. But like I said, at the end there was no you didn't think you were only a kid, you didn't think how bad it was. But like I said is I look at kids now and say, How are you gonna like it's only getting from bad to worse? But back then I didn't realise how bad our, our, my childhood was, you know what I mean? because I didn't think there was well, it's like anything else when you're in it. And it's the norm that you don't actually think it's as bad as what it is. So yeah, we used to rob the mopeds and uh, we had yeah, the police would come in and we'd, we'd fly around the block a few times, get chased off them and just ditch the moped and go on the go on the towels and run. So they they were uh, they were our bits of having fun, as mad as it sounds. 
I feel bad for the L Dominoes men back then, but I think they stopped. They, they, they did stop coming into the flats altogether then after a while, but this went on for many years. Now, it would have been a little bit old when doing the mopeds. It would have been like about time about 14, 15, maybe 16, you know what I mean? Before boxing got really serious, you know what I mean? <clears throat> but that's what we would have been doing. And then uh, a lot of fighting and a lot, a lot, a lot of fighting would have been in the flats and it was like, <clears throat> you you would have to handle yourself, you know what I mean? That's where, where, where boxing probably... I thrived on boxing because of I knew it would it would stand to me and defend myself and I let hold myself and now I'm very glad of where the the life I chose chose because of could have easily gone down the wrong road what the rest of the boys did from the little things of just the eggs the tournament the rubbing the phones the rubbing the mopeds and then I remember the lose line getting made up and then uh, like we used to when the lose line was made up there was a JCB there and we used to. Jump into the uh, jump into there and hijack the JCB and just drive it up and down for a bit of fun, you know what I mean? Also get chased by the police and I remember one time I was I was I was I think it was about sixteen years of age and we did that and we got chased by the police and I actually jumped off the lose line. Now it's pretty high up. It is. It was getting built, so I wasn't active then, and uh, I ended up doing my two ankles in. Actually, after that, I actually really fucked up my ankles for a while. I did for boxing wise, but. Uh, they were the things growing up and they were the, the norm as mad as it sounds, you know what I mean? Like, as, like, rubbing mopeds, rubbing pizzas, rubbing phones, rubbing hats. And some of it was just for a bit of crack and a bit of chase before of, before there was a bit more malice to it, you know what I mean? Mm. But like I said, it, was, it wasn't just me, it was everyone there, you know? The only, it was, like I said, it was just proper the norm growing up and that's, that's what it was like growing up for the flats for me, you know what I mean? It's a bit strange. Does that come down to like not having a lot to do around the area? Because like you I, said, there you, you had boxing, I, but there was doesn't seem to be anything else other than getting a chase. I think personally would have been not to have a whole lot. Like I was the only one that really do. Like the, everyone tried in the flats, but it was my, mainly football. And I find Dublin city centre was mainly everything football, 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 and it's very hard it's to make football it. Football and fighting, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, really? you know, it's very hard to make and it's very hard to keep at if you're not really achieving good things. You know, what I mean, even boxing's hard to to keep out of your achieving good things lucky enough I achieve good things but uh, I think it's down to, down to not having right guidance in your life where I can personally say I never ro- robbed the uh, robbed the phone I never did that now I did hats and what not just other stuff for jokes but I never did phones because I, I knew a little bit more of the right or wrong because of my father you know what I mean and some other people in, in the neighbourhood wouldn't have had father so they would have done that kind of stuff and wouldn't have the guidance so that and then also just nothing else to do, you know what I mean? Like we'd have a community centre and probably we'd have it twice, twice, tw- uh, two weeks a year. We would do something with them really, you know what I mean? And they, they would try to do things, but I remember even a playground got built. built at, and I just think it's the the mentality of most most Dublin people are, are from the private areas. Like we had a playground built and it kind of got ruined basically, you know what I mean? We had a football pitch at one stage and it was a great football pitch, but we used to bring the Rob Cars in there and... Uh, the odd time I got cracked into the pole, the goal, so the pitch was out off limits then. You'd light, light, light the car on fire and air enough on the pitch and that was the end of it. So the, you, even though you'd have the older lads doing that and and it's for fun and we'd get great enjoyment looking at it, it, it fuck goes up by not able playing football, mm. you know what I mean? Mm. So not able playing football then there's nothing else to do, so what else are you going to do? You're probably going to go out and do something bold, you know what I mean? So yeah, that's that's really how the childhood would have been for me growing up.
Yeah, I, I can actually relate to what you're saying because at the moment that football pitches at the moment are getting burnt all the time and we can't play football because of it, because people are burning cars and stuff out. So I suppose you don't really realise the effect you're having on other people when, yeah. you, when those things are happening. The snow effect, you know, snowball effect with you know yeah. and we're but yeah, if you think about it, like what I'm saying there, I probably rush briefly over it, but how mad that is, like going out and just doing things just to get a chase at the start and then like ringing Domino's Pizza's men to come in just to rob the pizza at the start to get free pizza and then after that it'd be like rub the moped and then at the end you don't realise how bad it is, but when looking back at saying, fuck me man, how bold of a kid were you, you know what I mean? Or how bold of a kid were you who you're hanging around with, you know what I mean? So like I said, back then I didn't think there was too much ba badness there, but when you're looking back, it, it it is pretty naughty, you know what I mean? But that but, was the norm. Yeah, but that probably comes down to the fact that you've met loads of people now within probably the last <clears> 15 years who have total different ways of growing up. So what you thought was normal wasn't normal to me and to other yeah, people. Yeah, of course. It's, it's, it's all depends where you're from, you know what I mean? Like... Like I said, it's, it's, it's just like we used to play, as kids, we play IRA, we used to call it IRA kiss, or kiss chase and or something like that. And IRA used to be catching them and kill them to get them, that, that, yeah, that we, number we on, you know what I mean? Like, so they were, the, they, they were the, the more of the, the childish things to do, but as you start getting all a few more DVs and bow little things start coming into play, but like just down there, like, it's just, yeah, it was just, it was a mad experience growing up, but I'd never change it because we could always leave a key in the flats. You could always leave it. Like, I, I don't personally think now, really, in Dublin, there's a lot of places where you can leave the front door key in. We could leave in the front door key in your in flat and now that nothing ever be robbed, you know what I mean? But even down as, you see a few little videos on Instagram going around now. And I'm talking about this is 15 years ago, this was happening just because cameras weren't around. Please be knocking at your front door and we live in the flat, so you jump over the back bank and just jump over and walk away. I've seen so many videos of that, people think it's great amusement over It is funny, but we were doing that 15, 20 years ago, you know what I mean? Police were coming out the door, you jump over the back bank and just walk away, you know what I mean? So you didn't get caught. Like that was just, it was the norm, it was the norm to see the police about and just, uh, just it's 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 a little bit of a cry of for attention as well. I would have saying for a lot of people, you know, what I mean, just doing things to get some sort of attention, you know, what I mean. Yeah, well, I think and I think that's how people actually get into crime and stuff. See, not on uh, James English uh, podcast, he was saying like a lot of people get into crime just out of, like fear or something to do. And yeah, they don't know what to be doing, and, and that kind of comes down to a couple of things you said there. You know, a lot of people didn't have parents guidance they didn't have any guidance growing up and you said there's you'd have your two things your two things a year with the say the youth club or yeah. whatever so there's not a whole lot to keep you entertained in that time and then you've got to find things to keep you occupied i can see where you're coming from now not to that height of the extremes of uh some of the stuff you were doing but we were doing similar stuff when we yeah. were kids you know but how did you i suppose you're saying that's from around kind of seven to about 16-ish yeah, time, yeah. So yeah. How, where did that all change for you? Where did you just kind of go, right, like, I'm, I'm going to take my boxing seriously yeah. or I'm going to take life seriously? What was your... I think what, what would happen is, like, uh, between that age, like, I was always, like, I was boxing even before I was seven years of age, so I was always down the boxing club at a young age and I was always achieving and I, I never even picked up my first loss until I was, like, about, I think it was 15, 16 years of age, you know what I mean? So I was pretty good and... Like I said, what was good for me is I was winning, so it made it easier for me to keep going. It's like anything else, once you keep winning, it's that bit easier if you keep doing it. You know, when you lose and things ain't going well, it's hard. You lose this heart a little bit. So uh, I was winning and kept on well, and then I think when when I might have hit, I think it was it would have been I won the under 18s tournament, and then 
I would have been sparring Paddy Barnes, we would have been the same way, and I realised Paddy was going to the Olympics and I could hold me on, and I was like, okay, I can hold me on with Olympian here, you know what I mean? And then I start, then I, then I, uh, what happened to me was I, I, did, I finished school, I was lucky enough, I wanted to leave school when I was in tour class, I told you, to get, I got offered an apprentice, and I wanted to deal with my father, wouldn't let me leave, and, uh, <clears throat> now if I left, I probably would have never done the boxing, it, it was pretty difficult to have a full time job as well as training the evenings. And it's like anything else, once you start making money, things, like that turns a bit of a priority. But now I stuck into it, I, I did school, I wasn't the brightest in school at all, I, I'm blessed to get me leaving here at the house, you know what I mean, like I've kind of one of these people, I was always in school, I never really ditched school to be honest, which I was always in school, but I just kind of just sound out, you know what I mean, wouldn't listen. Mm. I, 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 I'm, I'm dyslexic as well, so I kind of uh, suffer with a bit of uh, some, uh, reading, you know what I mean, sometimes awards. So school was difficult for me. I wasn't too bad in school. Now I got in a few fights, but the, the school did turn a bit of a blind eye with me because of I was representing Ireland and they, they were getting they were getting the mention because of it. You know what I mean? And I'm sure the principal at the time would have been liking it. But yeah, so school was school. I finished school and then I applied for a college up in Mount Moyens and I was doing a I was doing accounting and finance and. Uh, I entered the league championships. It's it's like the All Ireland of Gath. It's the Holy Grail, basically. Of boxing. Uh, of boxing, yeah. But it's the it's, it's like the it's it's called the All Ireland. So it's like the All Ireland of Gath, when it's like it's the the, the Sam Cup, you know what I mean? So uh, yeah, Sam and So uh, I entered that, and when I was entering that, I ended up pulling away out of college a little bit and just concentrating on the boxing for a few weeks, and then I won that. I wasn't expecting to win that. Well, I did, but coming into the way and moving up way, and there was a defending champion for many years, a, a great, a great champion at the time called Conor O'Hearn. Beating him, and then uh, all of a sudden I was on the Irish team. Even though I was on the Irish team for years, I never got actually paid. We, we, we'd get like a, a grant at Christmas time, maybe a thousand or fifteen hundred quid. But all of a sudden you were getting paid a weekly wage. Now you know what I mean. And then I took boxing seriously, and then just represented. The, then went to like to the. A lot of multinationals tournaments and then the EU championships, European championships, worlds, and I just took it serious. Then I realised I stopped kind of hanging around with the the group of friends. About eighteen, eighteen years of age, I stopped hanging around the flat as much because I was even though I was working full time as a boxer, I was like it was Monday to Friday full time as well as the weekends, and you couldn't you have competitions coming up. You couldn't. To be honest with you, when I was a kid, like I was like at that age. 17, 18, 19, that age, I used to even sit in the weekends. I, like, even that time, I didn't even go out clubbing. I never even, uh, went into a club and over 18's club. I used to just uh, sit in on a Saturday night. I used to have two TVs in the house. One would be playing uh, the Xbox, playing uh, PlayStation, playing FIFA, and the other one would be watching Match of the Day. And then I used to clean my runners. That's how, like, it was very particular of my image. And then that's how people used to call me Pretty Boy, because I used to make sure my clothes were spotless, you know what I mean? And, like, I'd, I'd go home and give my runners a good wipe down and, and look after myself. And, uh, <clears throat> That's what I used to do the weekend, so I pulled a little bit away and then I got me and Phil Sutliff, who, who was a former international, got really close and we were doing the same kind of thing, so it was easy just to stick with him. We stuck with each other, even though we were best of pals at stages, but it was easy, we, we had the same common interest and we just we just stayed in the, the straight and narrow at the time, you know what I mean? And then I really, I, I, at that age, a lot of my friends were dibbling and drabbling the drugs, you know what I mean? And at I, I, one stage, I had a really good friend of mine, like me, probably my oldest friends, and he, he, he was on the tablets, you know what I mean? He was doing the blueies all the time, he was strung out on the blueies, and he was, like, you were like... Is that hard to watch when your friends got you then? 
yeah, no, like, you can only say so much to people, you know what I mean? I, I give people as much as voice as possible, but I don't preach to people, you know what I mean? You have to make your own choices, you know what I mean? Like, 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 my own brother told me at the stage, oh, growing up, never do fucking tablets, because you get, you get addicted to them. That, that was his advice, you know what I mean? And a lot of my friends did it, and just, at the time when we were growing up, it was more tablets, now it's more cocaine, you know what I mean? It was tablets back then, and, sitting in the flats drinking the girls there and that's the way it was and then it became more robbing and going out and doing bold things and then that was just the norm you know what i mean that's what i grew up grew up around you know what i mean i was just kind of lucky enough that we had boxing now if i didn't have boxing do i think i would have messed about 110 percent i would have done something you know what i mean 110 percent i would have done something wrong did my father play a massive part to keep me on the straight and narrow? Yes, 100% as well. If I didn't have him out of boxing, I definitely would have been up to all sorts of things. Where would I be now? I don't really have a clue. I'm, I'm a little bit wild in so many ways. Like, I can still be naughty and bold and fucking get myself in some sort of trouble, but I do know the difference between right and wrong, you know what I mean? So that that was just a norm growing up, and then the boxing just kept me on the straight and narrow. But it's like anything else, it's... There was a lot of highs, but there was the the lows were even lower than the highs, you know what I mean? So the boxing was very difficult. Like uh, at one stage, uh, there was, I wasn't getting picked for some tournaments, even though I was champion of Ireland, I wasn't getting picked for tournaments. And you like, you just get paying your ass, man. What am I gonna do when you go out and start? Going? At one stage, I went out, start clubbing a little bit too much. Then when I start getting a bit old, I was going out clubbing a little bit too much and going out, start drinking. Then when I was in, getting to my mid twenties, you know what I mean? Start drinking and start. Start chasing women and just fucking going out and just. If you look now, I used to chuck me dad would used to give out to me. I'd say like at the end of the day, say concentrate on the boxing. Like at the end of the day, I had to live my life as well. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, I'm gonna be 25, 40 years of age, and I didn't even have a childhood because of concentrating so much in the boxing, which is a catch catch just like anything else. Mm-hmm. Well, Tyson Fury said it. Yeah, you know what I mean. I had one he showed the other week, like when he was out running in the rain as yeah. friends were all out partying. So yeah. I can see what you're saying there. A hundred percent, I would have been the same as him, but I'm sure he had a bit of fun as well. You know what I mean? He's picked his spots, and that's the whole idea of the boxing is picking your spots. And now when when you can and can't go out like this year, I haven't drank at all year. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I've been just focused on the boxing. Now I don't really miss it too much, but. Like Halloween's coming up now next weekend. I can't really. I'll, I'll go to a friend's party, but I'll probably stay there for two or three hours and bounce home. You know, what I mean, I won't drink. You know, what I mean, I just socialize for a little bit and go home. But that's just that's the I can't cry about because that's the choice of that's the life I chose. You know, what I mean, so COVID helped you focus a bit more because you know you can't. There, there isn't that distraction. Well, no, there wasn't that distraction. Like I, I said when COVID happened, I said to everyone, COVID is what it's like to be a boxer when you're in camp that's the way it's like being a boxer there's Two nothing years. to do yeah you have to that's the way you have to be it's nothing to do the weekend comes the highlight like I remember when I was when, when, when my partner the last not the last fight I had the, the fight I had about two years ago before COVID came about Going out, like she used to say, can we go over for a bit of fuel or a bit of pill? And it was like, it's an effort getting, trying to track someone just to go out for a game and go to the pictures or go for a bit of fuel. Like, that's an effort. That's how tired you are. So that's what it's like. So people are saying, now don't get me wrong, COVID has dragged on way too long and I, I feel sorry for so many people, but that's the way it's, it, it is like for those when we're in camp, you know what I mean? You're doing it's eight weeks of just nothing, you know what I mean? Literally just nothing and just trying to be fucking live like a monk mm, well you are training so you are doing something yeah 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 of course but uh, yeah that's just, that's just the way it was you know yeah. what I mean I know you said there you know and if you don't want to talk about it we don't have to but you said they're like the, the lows and stuff and I know you touched on the stuff with your brother on yeah. that documentary and stuff like that was that maybe a, a turning point for you because I think that's what you said you went on drink yeah that, no, that would have been a, see with Anto would have been a, see 
antos antos más muy más antos das muy das pura pero manda es mamá da todo frío and mi nani red but my nani red me as well I would go to my nanny's house. We lived in the flats, but I'd go to my nanny's house to stay out late. My nanny would let me get away with staying out late. So we got, like, at one stage I would have been closer to... Anto has a sister called Tracy. There's there's eight days apart from me and Tracy. And people think we're twins. You know what I mean? Growing up and, like... Even though she's my cousin, her kids would call me Uncle Deco. You know what I mean? That's how close the family are. So it's like uh, even though Anto's my cousin but we were growing up as brothers like even down there like I don't know what it's like for everyone else back in the day but we would get in like I would have gotten his past down clothes you know what I mean that's the way it worked like he would have a Lacoste track so I, I, I would end up getting off him and that happened even yeah you know what I mean that's the way it was growing up in our flat you know what I mean we I'd get no oh, my man and dad really looked after us and had a great upbringing but like like Anto would get too big for his clothes I would get it and then uh, like we we were all rare as one, you know what I mean? We were all rare as one and uh I would never say like I've never had I've never had a big brother in my life, bear Anto. Like, you know, even people have like friend like I've like like I've I've got I've got someone to call me on 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 he said, Yeah, like a little brother to me, Deco. I was like, nah, you're not. Because 'Cause I've only ever had one big brother, you know what I mean? Like I've had friends who I loved them to pieces and they're my friends and they're my brothers, but I would never say that my big brother, but Anthony wasn't my big brother, he would advise me on things and when he would come with problems or women's problems or whatever else he'd tell you, so uh, and he, he and I, I used to hang around with his friends, you know what I mean? He looked after me and he kept me on the straight and narrow, and he he would have been one of my biggest supporters. Like if you look at all my old videos, you, you'll always hear one person screaming; it's always his voice screaming. So yes, that that was difficult because we we were rare as one we were, and uh, we lived together. Like I lived in my nanny's, he, uh, I lived in my nanny's with him, you know what I mean? And. Uh, that was, uh, he passed away, uh, when he passed away, I think he was 24 years of age, I was 23 years of age. He was at me, my last senior title. I ended up breaking my hand, even uh, broke my hand in the fight and I was kind of pissed off. I won the fight, but got off, I wasn't in good form and I remember my partner at the time goes, my aunt was fucking said he's not leaving until he gets a picture with you, you know what I mean? He's fucking waiting to get a picture, waiting to get a picture with you. He wants to go before he goes out tonight, you know. Aunt was a bit more advanced than me, a bit, a bit bold, like going out and doing trouble, dipping, messing with drugs, selling drugs. The way I could have easily gone, you know what I mean? I would have followed on his footsteps mm. if it wasn't for the boxing, whatever, shout out to that, he was a great footballer. And that's the way I would have followed on. He'd get in, in, in feuds and fight with people, and when he would fight with people, I would always be beside him, you know what I mean? So I was getting, I was kind of, he was, I was getting led with him, you know what I mean? So if he was going fight, because at the end of the day, it's like, I, I wouldn't go and do drugs or nothing like that, but I would, when he was going fighting, I would go out and do fights, fights with him, you know what I mean? So, uh, when uh, he part, like, he, he was, he was mad, you know what I mean? I remember, like, the stories I could tell you, did, you know what I mean? I, I, I'd probably be fucking, someone would be a reporter to the police, and anyway, you do match it, you know what I mean? Absolutely match it. He had a big set of balls. He did, and he, he didn't give a fuck. And he ran with it. He ran with it. But so when he passed away, he passed away from drugs. It was, it was drugs and a drink. It's called a cocktail. He choked on his own vomit from the for drinking drugs. And uh, it was like a, two days after me me fight. So I didn't actually see him since the fight. The fight was the last time I seen him. And uh, yeah, it was it was a Friday day. when a force happened. I remember being in the pictures. I was in the pictures with my friend Ryan, his partner, my partner at the time, and I remember just getting the phone call. And I, at the time, I thought someone shot him. I said to myself, "I'm gonna do time now." That's me. I, 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 at the time, I was fighting with people, and I thought someone had to whack him. And I just said to myself, 
I just like I just I, I can't even remember what pictures went there. I just remember just running out of screaming saying to my partner at the time, hurry up, get the fucking car, get the car. I was thinking. Now when I was twenty three I was a young twenty three. I looked young, I fucking was immature, I I went on young but I'd follow I was I just I was easily led, you know what I mean? I'd yeah. do whatever's mm-hmm. asked me. So when I thought that when I first got the phone call I said to myself, he's had to be killed or someone's had to kill him and I, I go to myself, oh, that's I'm gonna do it to him and then I find out get to the house he 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 died in his, his sick and I remember being in the house for my nannies at the time I was living in my nannies as well. Uh, I remember being in the house and I just I, sl- I slept on him in the sitting room for fucking I think it was for three days straight basically you know what I mean and th- that's when I just started drinking at the time I used to go clubbing and I'd have a wick in my hand I wouldn't drink at the time I'd just stand there to look cool you know what I mean or people would come up to you say you dr- if you didn't have a drink are you drinking and you say no girls would think it's weird you know what I mean so sometimes you just have a wick in your hand just to fucking make it look like you're having a drink no particular reason and it- but then I started drinking yeah and then uh Still to this day, I've never done drugs, and I, 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 I'm very proud of that. But I, I remember saying it to my friend the other day. I was like, I don't know how I never did it because of it's. You were so involved in it. In yeah, I'm, it's around me. It's, it's around me. Like I think it's, it's a, it's a very much as a norm. So many people are doing it. You know, so many like teachers doing it. You know, what I mean, people in hospitals, all sorts of people are doing it. So, I to be I was, back then. I just wanted, it, I wanted to be numb. So if they want to be numb, is you kind of take drugs. You know what I mean? So. What happened was then he, he passed away and uh, uh, I just I went I went really depressed I went in depression I went up to me uh, I went up to me nanny and uh, asked her because he was seeing the doctor at the time and I was and I wanted to fucking start seeing the doctor for for a bit of depression I had myself you know man and uh, I was like anything else I'm a bit hard headed I just kept on saying I'll, I'll just get over get over but I remember just locking myself in the, for days upon days in the room and. Just they wouldn't speak to no one and pushed everyone away from me and uh, went drinking, yeah, went drinking a good bit and then uh, partying. Just at the time, I had my hand broke because I told you I broke my hand two yeah. days beforehand and I had no nothing to look forward. Boxing was always my outlet of life, you know. What I mean, no matter what all the shit was going on in my life, I always had boxing because I was good at it and I knew I just keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing and something happened. I couldn't box. And I just went really in a dark place, and then I remember one time I got his belt. He, 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 we used to have uh, people probably who was a little bit older remember the belts, and he used to have like big faces on them, like a, a board, you know, like a an eagle belt or a skull face or something like that. And back then it was in the, it was all it was all the style I was, and and I remember going into uh, into my shed in the back garden and uh, trying to hang myself. Yeah, I was trying to hang myself, and then uh, the belt snapped at it, and uh, I was unconscious of it, and. Uh, I remember I just told myself I just didn't want to be here no more. Just I wanted no more. I just wanted numbness, you know. What I mean, I just at the end of the day, as I, I wanted pain, I was getting the pain. What I wanted, you know. What I mean, I just I just wanted I wanted to be in pain all the time. I didn't feel like I should be happy. I didn't I didn't want I didn't want to f- feel nothing. I just wanted I wanted to feel pain because it made me feel like there was something. That was the only thing about because you were numb. Just proper numb. Just yeah. didn't feel nothing. No, just I, pushed, I, I can, I, just I, pushed I, everyone away and just like. I don't really speak about it because of people like people I, I find it's a catch catch I, I do believe people need to speak about things and that's the world is but I think the world's getting very soft as well now as mad as it sounds like it's the world like, like everyone's suffering from some sort of mental health but why all of a sudden now years ago you never really heard of people got on oh, no, you didn't hear about many deaths either you know what I mean so it's a catch catch way you know what I mean it's you have to be strong. Yeah, like it, no, it is acceptable, bully, and it is. You should speak about it, but man, not like it's not about men. Should be just tough, but like life's hard for everyone. You yeah. understand? It's like 
we all have setbacks, but it's about how we have to deal with it, you know what I mean? You just can't look at something's gone wrong, so what's the point of being here no more, you know what I mean? You have to deal with it. And then, yeah, so I remember going in the back and trying to hang myself with the belt, and the belt actually snapping, and uh, waking up on the floor unconscious, and no one actually ever knew about it, never even spoke to me, spoke to me father about it, because at the time, it was, like, there was no, like, I just got on with things, you know what I mean? I just got on and dealt with things, and uh, that was life, you know what I mean? That was life, and, like, like growing up in the flats, even though I briefed over, there, I was meant to say this shit. I had, a, I had like this is how mad my family were. Yeah, yeah. All me great uncles and me great aunties were all alcoholics. Like me, my uncle Mickey at the time was an alcoholic. My granddad was an alcoholic. So these two men, there was, there was we had a big family. There. Like we probably had the biggest family in the flats. We did. Like I'm talking about, there must have been about twenty, twenty-five of us. That's how many there was in the flats. So my uncle Mickey, yeah, me, so it was my nanny's, my nanny's brother, my great uncle Mickey, right? Uh, <clears throat> he was an alcoholic and uh, he was in a wheelchair and he, he, him and his wife, his wife died in the fire in the flats and he lost his leg, he did. And uh, he lost his leg, he was in a wheelchair and uh, he, this is how mad I was going to the flats. He got around the wheelchair and he had a, he had a, he had one or two women on the side, way past after his wife passed away, like, he was an alcoholic and like he'd have his front door open all, and he'd walk in there and he's getting a blowjob off of a fucking woman, you know what I mean? <laughs> this, um, this was this was just all the normal. Like, he'd be down the lane getting a blowjob. Now it would be late at night, but you'd see this and kind of stuff. How age would you have been walking in on that? I would have been about 12, 13, you know what I mean? Seeing this, you know what I mean? Maybe 14. But uh, this was the norm, like, he, but he was mad. He used to get up, stand as everyone from the flats would know. He'd, so basically, he'd only see his, his leg was cut, if you can see it, only this short. He'd get up and give it a little wiggle and say, S.O. Blue with a big smoke in his mouth, you know what I mean? He was just mad. He, but he got a claim, my granddad got a claim, and two days after he got that money, came through, both of them died. So, both of them died from the drink. My nanny, me, me dad's ma, lived next door to us. She died at 50 years of age from the drink. So this is the kind of life I lived in, you know. So all my all all that generation were, were alcoholics, and then after that, like a lot of my aunties and my uncles were uh, strung out on heroin. So like, like my uncle died from died from heroin. My other uncle was strung out on heroin and he came off it clean. He he only had one. As far as I know, he's been locked up for a while. He only had one straight one slip of it on the heroin. He came off it strung out. But I have another uncle who's been strung out three or four times. And I, you look at him now, you never think he was on drugs. He's fresh as fuck, man. Looks fresher than me, does. Every whole width about him, he's a grafter. He walks hard, the whole lot, but he's, he's fell into it and he's been, I'm talking about three or four years, strung out on the drugs and then heroin and then on proper, proper junkie, like proper full on junkie. And then go off and became a born again Christian and was gone well and got married again and it fell on, it fell off the bandwagon again and got strung out again. And he's openly happy to talk about it, but this was the normal he was around, like, so, the first generation were all alcoholics, full on alcoholics, like four of my family members died from, from, from liver problems from the drink. The next generation were all strung out on drugs, you know what I mean, strung out on heroin and and uh, at the time that's when heroin would have been coming in at their, at their generation, you know what I mean, not mine, like it would have been out by then but... So like that's that's like lucky enough I had a man and dad who stuck together and who were who who were clean mm. who clean but all the rest of my family around the like the lovely people yeah they? like like fucking like I said Anton Anton's man and dad died from drugs you know what I mean from drugs from heroin like the father passed away from drugs you know what I mean and that my auntie my auntie Anne passed away when she was young as well you know what I mean she got very sick and just passed away you know what I mean but. That was just the life I was brought up in, you know what I mean? And this wasn't like your uncle, auntie and uncle 
we grew up as one family. Like we lived in the flats. It was a community. You know what I mean? We like we we be with her every single day. You know what I mean? Like these were like it's it was you know you, you have your auntie fucking living over and fucking the other side of town. You might see her probably at a special occasion now. You know what I mean? But these are people we grew up with on a on a regular basis. And this this is the kind of life I lived. You know what I mean? And then. I remember me, me nanny and granddad weren't together no more, and I, and, and I was living next door to me nanny at the time, and uh, my granddad was living underneath me nanny, and uh, she's like they were separated, but she still banged down on her, on her, on her broom to send him up to send her around the shop, you know what I mean? So even though they weren't living together, I weren't in a relationship. They were always everyone's in everyone's life mm. still, you know what I mean? That respect as well. Yeah, like so, like it was mad. He was only a small little bloke. Stony, his name was small little fucker. He was, but he was meant to be a little bollocks. He was raving alcoholic, but fucking loved fighting. You know what I mean? Like I said, my uncle Mickey with the leg. He was a funny fucker man. Everyone loved him. An alcoholic. He was just like you see him with women. He'd say, "Look at her son. She's gonna get it on me about thirteen years of age." You know what I mean? You see him getting a blowjob. You're like, "What the fuck, man?" Now, if I've seen anything like that happen to a kid, man, I'd end up punching the head off a man, you know what I mean? If I've seen, for, for letting kids see that. But that's what we we seen back back then, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, so a, a lot of family died from the drink and a lot of them died from the drugs, you know what I mean? And so it's, it's like it's a weird life I lived in, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a weird upbringing. But back then it was just a norm. And when I hear my man and dad talking about stories about fucking, like, me... My uncle, uh, Anto, Anto's dad, Anto's dad was called Anto as well. Gara's name was, and, uh, he was an iron robber, you know what I mean? And you'd see him fucking robbing banks and running with the money and trying to sort out the money. And then he was a big iron robber and then the fucking, uh, then the fucking, he went on the drugs, you know what I mean? And then you, you seen him just lose, lose his soul, basically, you know what I mean? But my uncle, my other uncle was fucking great with fucking checks as well, you know what I mean? And you, 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 you seen him go on the drugs as well and then, it was just, it was just a mad upbringing, you know what I mean? But I'd never, I forget an awful lot. And it's probably a good thing I forget so much, you know what I mean? Like, uh, that. Probably uh, not too. Yeah, it, you right? know what I mean? It's, it, it hasn't, I, I've turned out a good young, you know what I mean? But it's maybe I forget, I forget so much. I can blame it only getting from digs to the head, you know what I mean? But mm. I don't know, man. It was a mad upbringing. And, and that was just the norm in my flat, you know what I mean? So from going robbing bikes and push bikes to seeing this thing, a family drinking drugs, you know what I mean? And proper strung out, you know what I mean? Like not fucking, like strung out where they're robbing, robbing their own family, you know what I mean? And injecting heroin to herself and seeing all, man, you know what I mean? Seeing a fucking all. And then it was just a mad generation to grow up with, but I wouldn't change it for the world because I've met great people on the way and I've got great morals and it made me choose the path of Charles now, you know what I mean? Because I've seen all, you know what I mean? I've seen all and seen what kind of effect it can do with the likes of heroin and how bad the drink can do, you know what I mean? I've seen all, you know what I mean? So that's that's been my kind of childhood experience. You, you obviously mentioned there about what you tried to do to yourself and so that's the first time I've heard it so it is quite heavy. Um, yeah, no one would really know, like, you know what I mean? Like, no one, I'm not really one to talk about it, but like... Yeah, well, you don't talk about anything. Like, yeah, yeah. on a normal basis, you're... Like, you're, you're, you're what's going on with you. Yeah, like, that's so. true, that's really true. I just, I don't really like talking about myself as people, as much as people think I have an image about myself and I'm thinking this, that and the other, I don't really like talking about myself, you know what I mean? I like, I'd rather... Help people than me giving help, you know what I mean? That's just me as a person. That's not looking for a high horse or anything like that. That's just me as a person. Mm. I no, you do do that because you yeah. try to give advice even stuff that you wouldn't have a clue about. You <laughs> do try to give advice, so I would agree with that. But but how how did you how did you switch that around? Because you're obviously feeling as low yeah. as because you've lost basically a brother. And um, Yeah, well, I'll tell you what happened with him. I, Tully, my best friend, Ryan Tully, who you know very well. Uh, Tully, yeah. Tully, uh, Tully, 
the tall dog. Uh, he was me. He was my best friend at the time, and he still is my best friend now. And he, 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 he's he's family to me. You know, I mean, my friends are family. You know, I mean, he's family to me. And uh, what happened with Tully was uh, I had a I had a girlfriend at the time, a, a girlfriend for a long period of time. Since we're not kids, since I, since I became eighteen, to be honest with you, I was with for the eighteen to twenty three mark, and uh, he passed away, and I basically told her to fuck off. Told her when to fuck Anto off. passed away, when Anto passed Sorry. away, I told her to fuck off, and then me and Tully had a phone now, and Tully was my best friend. So basically, fucking Anto passed away was the, I couldn't get over, but never, never, ne- never, let alone have the support I needed to have because of my own problem of pushing people away. You know what I mean? And so it was just on my own, it just went numb and just stayed in the thing. And that's when I tried to fucking take my own life. Now, I tried to take my own life before I pushed the girlfriend and, uh, Tully away. And they, like, the girlfriend wouldn't, at the time, wouldn't have even known about it, you know what I mean? And Tully, I, Tully didn't even know about it. I don't think in depth how much he knew about it. And he's my best friend. He only knew about it when I did the documentary, how dark it goes. I just didn't know how dark it was because mm. I don't really talk about it. How did I get over it? I, I couldn't tell you how I got over it. I just fucking, every day was just, do you know what happens? Sometimes you go drinking, right? You go drinking one day, right? And it's a, it's a great bit of buzz. And then you say, there's nothing to do. You, you weren't walking. You had no fights coming. You're not trying. You, cu- you couldn't go trying. You go drink the next day. There's fuck all else to do. It's boredom. Then all of a sudden, it turns into another day. I was going out four to five times a week straight. And then taking two days off and going again. And I'm not a drinker in the pub. And I, I drink vodka. That's all I can drink is vodka. I go out and drink a litre of vodka to myself. I drink vodka. I can't drink points. I think I'm not drinking. Like I'm not even a drinker now. But if I, if I go off the if I go on the bam ba- ba- off the bandwagon and go on a mad one, I'll end up going on the vodka and just go getting just smashed. You know what I mean? So it's just a torn into it. Like I had other friends at the time who, who helped me get through it, and they were going out with me. You know what I mean? Just to, I needed something to go out. I was going out with me, and I was going out fucking five times a week and just proper drinking, drinking, drinking. And then that's just, then, then, then I just fucking, I wanted to go and seek help, and then I, I wanted to go seek help, I, I really wanted someone to reach out to me, but no one was there to reach out to me, because I wasn't willing to talk about it, you know what I mean? But so, you were probably pushing people away. Yeah, but, yeah, I would have been, yeah, I definitely would have been, but I, I was very much, I can keep, I, I keep, I can keep secrets to myself, and I, was, I just kept it all to myself, you know, and now I have problems, I'm dark, and how dark I got, you know what I mean, and how would I get out of it, I couldn't even tell you, like that, like, so much of it was a blur. Like I know for the first four days after the, when he, I heard it, he passed away till after the funeral. I remember being in Dunn's room with my cousin picking a suit out for the funeral. I remember just waking up then as mad as it sounds. As mad that sounds, that probably was good oh, for I, I, I just woke up in Dunn's room and said to myself, where the fuck am I? That's all I can remember. I said, where am I? Well, you were in shock. Yeah, so like that was a few days later. And then I was just fucking, I stayed in that dark place for a long time and Oh, am I am I over him now? I'll never be over him. I still go up and see him near enough every Sunday to, to, to visit his grave. Uh, but I've accepted he's gone. I'm sure you and your, your own father's passed away. You've mm. you've accepted it. Yeah. You have to get on pain with it. Yeah, the right pain. Right. Do you know it's not the pain you deal. You get you learn how to deal with the pain. Yeah. It's not like it's going away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time is a healer, and you realize life still goes on. Like at the end of the day, I always think when I was thinking about taking my own life. After that, I said to myself, like my own man, that. Me, me three little sisters, you know what I mean? Me, me baby sister fucking idolizes me to pieces, you know what I mean? Mm. How am I gonna hurt? How am I gonna leave behind the hurt, you know what I mean? Cause because I'm being a selfish good. It's a catch catch. Is it selfish to do that? Yet? Yes, it is the way you do it to everyone else you leave behind, but it's not selfish mm. for what you're doing for yourself because you don't want to feel that pain. So it is a catch catch. And I, I, like I said, I don't know how I could say I got over it, you know what I mean? I just kind of fucking 
came out of at some page stage and it's only now I'm willing to talk about you know what I mean like uh, when they'll give like people talk about things I'm willing to give them my experience and my advice and what I did like I just focused on the train and got back into it and then just trying to rebuild my whole life and but was it was there a specific moment where you went where someone said to you right you're getting in training you're going to take the boxing serious now because you're 23 at that yeah, point yeah, yeah. You know, no. you did go on to have a, a good boxing Yeah, career. I went on so to do well boxing. That... No, no, no one at all. Like, no. My father was always pushing me to boxing, and he still always did to this day, so it was yeah. no any more or any less than what he does. But I did have opportunities. We'll, we'll go back, actually. So he, he passed when he was 23. I went over to LA when I was 21 with my father. I went over there for three months, and my father came over for the first month, and I had to go home to go back to work. And uh, I was left over there on my own. When I was 21, like I said, I was a fucking child, man. Like now the twenty ones are mature, you know. I mean, back then I was fucking about sixteen in the head. I was over in LA. I was met. I was. I was. I was in the world car with Freddie Roach, and most people know who Freddie Roach, Manny Pacquiao's uh, old coach. And I was meant to sign with Top Rank, who uh, Tyson Fury signed with. And I was meant to sign with them. I was, and there was a contract there. And I was like, I just got home sick, and I said I got home for a little bit. And then when I went home, cause I was too young over there. I, was, I look so young. I fucking. I was just training, sitting in, training, sitting in. I wasn't doing a whole lot. I just, mm. in that little bubble. So I came home and then fucking, I just never went back. I never went back then. I never went back. I, I ended up going back on the Irish team, won the elites and then broke my hand, entered the elites one more time, a box office one more time after that. And then after that, I went pro. So in that whole year, I did probably nothing. The whole year was a blank out year. And then, I got on back on the bandwagon, but when I even when I got back on the bandwagon, when I went back on the Irish team, I was still like, I was still going out partying when I had fights coming up. Like even though I wasn't drinking, I was going out chasing women and just just didn't want to be didn't on my own. Yeah, I just didn't want to be on my own. Didn't like my own company at that stage. Didn't want to be on my own. Didn't want to be with my own thoughts. And that's what I kind of did. I just kept myself busy. I remember like my friends would always say, Deco, fuck me, man. You're always doing something. And that was just so I, I wouldn't be on my own. I didn't like being on my own. Even if it was just to come out and sing a gaff, I would just do that just so I didn't have to be on my own. That's how I got over it, you know what I mean? In time. But at the well, start. That's probably because you would have been alone with your thoughts. Yeah, at the start, I was on my own for a long time. And then I came mm. out and I just tried to keep myself busy. And then got back on the other team and then, then turned pro, turned professional in the way. Uh, MGM, known as MTK now, and moved to Spain and lived there for three or four years and it just kind of came to terms of that's when I started growing up I only started growing up when I went to Spain like I was 24 years of age I think it was 24 25 24 I think it was I think it was, could have been 25 and it's only then I started growing up you know what I mean it's only then I start being a more of a man and more of an adult you know what I mean like don't get me wrong I'm still a child in so many ways I don't give a fuck I'm pretty carefree I'm, I'm pretty outgoing I just I like the crack, you know what I mean? But I still well, I grew up over there, you know what I mean? I did grow up and the people around me. And uh, then just fucking, yeah, boxing went well and we've had ups and downs with boxing and we continue to have ups and downs. Boxing breaks my heart, man, in so many ways. I've underachieved massively as a boxer, but it is what it is. I have to accept it for the skills I have. I never achieve what I should achieve, but that's just life, you know what I mean? That's life. Like anything else, you just have to accept things and move on. Do you think that maybe in some ways you might not have overachieved because of, um, like, you, you look at all the things you said there. Where I could have been. The odds were all against you. Yeah, no, nah, yeah, so. well, look, I don't, I don't, listen, for me, ability, I've over, underachieved, you know what I mean? Okay. I, I can still be saying to myself, I remember after the general fight, I still turned around and said, I'm, I'm so blessed that I left fight in front of thousands of people and on TV. 
and for everyone to sit there, even though I lost, and I was like a blessing. I'm from the flats where where I've came from. So that case, yeah, but still underachieved, like massively, and and all my fights, I should have done a lot better. But that's just life, and we just have to get on with it, you know, man. Mm. Well, I, I don't know if you want to go in through your fights, or you can just talk about kind of the highs and lows because I know the one the John fight you're talking about there, the the second one in Belfast, um, and I've been at a few of your of your fights, um. And when you lose, it's it is such a horrible feeling. Feeling sorry for for me as a friend, yeah. but then I see your family. I remember the one against um, McCullough in in Belfast in the hall, seeing your mum going in and you on the ground and stuff like that. Like it's not a it's not a nice ah, but, uh, sight. But this is the choice. This is the job I chose, and my family have no choice. But my partner now she has to deal with because she knows what, what what job I picked. Listen. It's 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 hard for all yous. It doesn't even that hard for me. Like at at the loss does be, but not the worrying or the nervous or nothing like that. Because I know how my ability is. But after that is like the Margot fight probably was the easiest fight I should have winning. You know what I mean? That that would have been European champion. I should have beaten him ten times out of ten. Didn't like all of them. I should have really beaten. But that's just life. They they had me number on me on the day and they beat me and I just marched forward and. The lows, the lows probably would have been the genre of the second fight because of uh, where I was in my career. I was probably one, one or two fights away from a world title. Mm. I know after that, after that fight, he got life change of money. He signed a contract with Eddie O'Hare and he got life, and it was between me and him. We got on talking about life change of money, and I never got that opportunity. And well, I'm happy for him. He did it, you know what I mean? I didn't do it. And then I went, at the same crack, I went, like I stopped the drinking when I turned pro, and I was, I was living like a fucking monk, you know what I mean? Did the right things. And then after that fight, I went back on the drink buzz, you know what I mean? Went drinking fucking heavy mm. again. Mm. Yeah, heavy, heavy again. And looking for anyone. I used to bring you out just to, bring, to have someone with me, you know what I mean? There was me thinking about <laughs> friends. <laughs> so that's, yeah, so that's where I was. But that's just life. And that's, like, I'm sure, I'm sure anyone watching this knows how my boxing career has gone. So I don't really need to go into too much depth about it. But, yeah. So, like, it's more what's happened beforehand. But, yeah, that's that's the way my life has gone, you know what I mean? And... I'm at the tail end of my career, maybe I'll have one more fight, maybe I'll have four more fights, but I'm at the tail end of my career. Will I ever win a world title now? I can't see ever doing it now, you know what I mean? Should have, 100%, I think, when me and Phil Sutliff turned pro, I remember saying one of us at least have to win a world title, never mind two of us, and he's retired without winning anything really, and I'm on the tail end without really winning anything at the moment now, so... We'll see what happens. That's just life, man. You have to get on. I have expectations for myself, and sometimes you don't take All I can say is, Lisa Troy, you know what I mean? I, 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 try to feel, I was never scared to go out with my comfort zones and try to do things, you know what I mean? Or try to achieve the goals I wanted to do. I never let anything hold me back. And if it didn't work out, it wasn't meant to work out, I guess. Okay. Even though I, I find it difficult for me to, to understand that why it didn't work out for me, but that's the way it is. Yeah, but you, you obviously mentioned you've, you have a fight coming up now. Yeah. You won a belt as well recently. Won a belt. You be our world champion. Uh, I'm world champion, so all is now world <laughs> champion. Uh, it's it's uh, it's not a big belt. It was nice to win win a belt. I've I've won two professional belts since a pro. This one could be another one, and then we'll see what's after that. Really, you know, man. Mm. And what does the future hold? Because if you take away boxing. I don't know. It might be a deep question for you. Yeah, like, would I really you coach don't. boxing? Would you look at something? I don't else? know. I don't know. I, I like anything else. I'd give. I'd give a voice. I probably would open an amateur gym. I probably would give out. But I don't know how I'd feel about it. I really don't know. Get a job, man. Have kids, maybe. Live the normal life. 
Well, you're getting on a bit now. You're not having them. Or just be a fucking bachelor and just fucking do as I please. I don't know, man. I really don't know. Uh, I have a partner. Uh, we rent together. So maybe kids. Maybe. I don't know. I can't tell you. what. I've never been one to plan for the future. You know what I mean? I've, I, I, a lot of short-term goals. Now, I have long-term goals with boxing, I did. But a lot of short Like I take it day by day by day. Because I just don't know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? So, where, what, what does a whole fuck knows, man? We'll see what happens, like, we'll just tell him, we'll tell, you know, man. Do you think it's exciting that you don't know what's for the future? I don't give rats. No, but do you No, think- but I don't give rats, it's not exciting, not, not, like, it is what it is, like, I'm a, we- I'm a bit of OCD, like, I'm a bit weird, man, I'm a bit weird, like, I, I do plan out my day. Like, t- today I planned out, I went for, I went, I went for a spa, I went, went sparred, came up to you and I had to go to the gym straight away. I had everything planned down the details, you know what I mean? That's how I plan my life, pretty much. And I have OCD with, with, with planning as well as how, how clean I am with things, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I just, I can't tell where, where my life will go, what career I'll end up with. I don't know. I've good friends who will help me out no matter what. I've had good people in my life where, 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 like, I've even said, like, to me, growing up, like I, I had, I had, I've never had an, I never had a big brother, bad aunt, but I have friends who are best friends, and I've had three people in my life at stages who would have been like father figures to me. You know what I mean? I had my own father, who was my father figure. Billy, Billy, Billy Walsh would have been a father figure to me, and then my own manager Daniel would have been a father figure to me at, at stage as well. But I've kind of drifted, I've just kind of drifted from them people now. At the moment, I still have my father around, but. People coming in and out of your life, like I said, that's what I'm saying. You don't know what, like, at a stage I thought Billy would have been always there, and then I kind of got fucked over a little bit by him towards the end, where I wasn't getting selected for the tournaments where I was champion. I didn't get selected for, you know what I mean? I'm, I, was the, I was the best of the way, and I wasn't getting selected. And I drifted away, and that that's just people coming in and out of your life. So do we know what's going to hold now? I don't I just take it as it comes. Listen, it's been... Uh it's been eventful to say the least. I've done some shit talking here, I tell you that. No, no, I, I actually have really enjoyed it. It's yeah. the first time I've ever heard you talk about some subjects uh, um, and obviously you went into detail about other stuff. So I think it's uh, really insightful for people who don't know you, but also for people that do know you. There's probably stuff here that you've told for the audience or whatever that mm. you probably haven't told people in, in mm, person or whatever, yeah. you know? But like I'm going to say to everyone, anyone watching this, there's ups and downs of life, life but there's always light at the end of the tunnel. At the stages, I didn't think there was where, where could I go and what can I do with life, and I still get to them situation when I'm in boxing career. And like the boxing's over, what am I gonna do? You, you're panicking, what, what? but there's always light at the end of the tunnel. You know, what I mean, don't worry. There's, there's always help out there for you. Sometimes you have to reach out. Like I said before, I'm not one for talking, and some people ain't. But it is good to talk to people, and don't be afraid to reach out to somebody. You know, what I mean, no one's gonna ever. If you, I, I personally find if anyone ever reached out to me, I'm never gonna. Turn them away. I'm gonna speak about the business, so I'm sure if anyone's afraid of that, I'm sure he can reach out to someone. And don't think the worst of it, you know what I mean. But there's always light at the end of that tunnel. So uh, as you know yourself, pal, you've been there. You know what I mean. You've had hard times yourself. Yeah. So, but you keep plugging away, keep plugging away, consistent. Keep plugging away. Something will pull off for you. Sometimes it doesn't feel like how long you've been doing that Irish football fan TV before I four got, years before I even got recognised. I reckon it took you about two years before you can come in and yeah. start getting on. You know what I mean. How hard was that, you know what I mean? That's just the way it is. You have to be just keep going. You know what I mean? So uh like just keep, hard, it's hard work. Life's hard for everyone. Life yeah, is yeah. hard, you know. Well, I mean? Every, think, everyone's been through some sort of trouble, mm, you know what I mean? I think that's good for people who may be a fan of yours or a young lad to look up to you, say as you said, around your area to hear you talking about that. So I think that's an important message to, to get out to people as well. So fair play to you. 
Um, yeah, I, I suppose we'll we'll leave it there. We might do a part two some other stage in the future. Um, best luck in the upcoming fight. Uh, don't forget to follow Declan on social media. You're on Twitter, Instagram. You have a new Twitter now, so you're on Twitter, yeah, Instagram, it. Facebook, the whole lot. YouTube as well. Give you a YouTube channel. Oh, yeah, you're, YouTube, you're down this yeah. camera now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It seems good. Uh, <laughs> That's a good plug. Fire, fire, fire three six five one of them. You know, I mean, uh, Declan Gardy on YouTube. Yeah, give it a follow. Uh, cool videos. We have, like we have, embedded yeah, we're doing the, embedded things with all my fights coming up, you know. Yeah. I mean, we have a, have a friend called uh, JC who's helped me out an awful lot, and uh, he's, he's great for them work. And uh, give the 4365, give them a follow on YouTube, it does great things. He's following me around for all my fights and training camps. And just, like I said, just, I'm trying to document as much as possible because at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's going to be over soon. Is if, it's, mm. if it's over next week or if it's over next year, who knows? It's going to be over soon. So it's good to look back now and. But See what happens. You, you know, if you have kids and they can watch it back in the future, so. yeah, 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 definitely. So definitely, definitely. It's good to good to have these things. Um, yeah, we'll leave it there. Don't forget to like the video if you're watching on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe if you're on the YouTube channel. If you're on Spotify or Apple or any other audio platform, give the platform a follow and um, rate it as well if you wouldn't mind. Thanks or, very much for watching and listening. Or if you're on Tinder, give Paul a follow. Uh, give me a swipe. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks I mean. for watching, and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye bye. It's a wrap.